Hello. Hey. I'm Jess. And I'm Clara. And this is Gay and Dom. Welcome to our final episode. Final episode of the season. How does... And also final day of me being here. Yes. So Clara has her car packed. She spent the last week or so manically packing up her apartment because as previously mentioned, she is moving to a commune. And I personally hope it's a cult and she hates it. <laughs> Why? Because I, so I want I come you back. to come back. Because I don't know if you noticed, we had a little like night out to celebrate um, her her exit. Um, Deanna, who you guys met in a previous episode, made her a very cool cake. What did it say on it? It said, go away. Go it had away. a little penis drawn next to it. Yeah, it was a beautiful cake. I ate um, all of it. And we went to an escape room, which was actually really, really fun. We were CIA agents. We had to get our badges back because yeah. we had gone crazy. We had to prove that we weren't insane and so we, we could be reinstated. And we did that shit with nine seconds Nine left seconds left. On the clock. It and was honestly, so serious. if there was one lock that Jess did where she had gotten the code right, but the lock was broken, and that set us back like five minutes. I feel yeah. like he should have added time for No, that. I think he did add time for us. Oh. Johnny said he did. I don't know. But either way, we got to sign the wall. It was a really Yeah, we got to situation. take pictures with our CIA um, badges. And then we went out and we had some drinks after and i don't know if you noticed but your friends are very codependent on you i but (laughs) that is one thing that but we all take care of you somehow it's it's a very weird relationship i know i'm like i don't know what i would i feel like we're all a little codependent because i don't know what i would do without you guys i think i'd just be floating yeah in the ocean clara like is so well provided for she is like our friend group's collective child it's because if i didn't have that i would pass away one time i was on my way to your house and i was bringing you white claws and deanna was on the way to your house and she was bringing you a mr fog and it's just like she's constantly provided for and then i bought the food that night but it's fine i you give me things too you give me love and I feel meaning. like that's all I give you. I think I'm trying to deflect right now because I'm really upset about you leaving. I know I, that is something that, like, moving away has, like, helped me realize is that I just have such an amazing community here. Like, I'm just so grateful for all my friends. Like, I don't have a lot of friends, but the ones that I do have are, like, ride or die bitches. And sometimes I just be crying about it. You know, I talked to my kiddo about it last night. I had to explain to her that Clara was moving. And she said, you know what she said at three years old? She said... Well, that's going to be really bad for my social development and my, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that Clara should stay forever in our lives. You realize and this I'm... is really going to affect me throughout my life, and I'm going to get to kindergarten, and I'm not going to be able to make friends. You realize I'm coming back, right? Yeah. This is extremely temporary. I know. I didn't tell her about it. She'll figure it out. She'll be. She'll be fine. Know. She'll probably forget about me within three weeks. Maybe, and also sorry. part of the reason I'm doing this is because I need to be sober for a while because... Yeah, no, nothing better to help you clear it all out than the hippies. Yeah, so I'm going to, taco, going to Taco Bell for the last time today. Gosh. And then it's just tofu and veggies and water from me for here on out and herbal tea. Yeah, and no Working deodorant. in the field. <laughs> Alrighty. Reading books. So we do for our last episode. We have a very special guest here today. I'm very excited about this. Everybody, please welcome Bebe. Hello. Hello. Um, so Bebe, we brought you here because you are our local, our local burlesque lady. Um, yes. 
So we have had a great time at your shows before. Thank you. We really enjoyed um, that one we went to last Halloween was just like the energy was outrageous. I loved it. Even though I almost fell asleep. Yeah, that's not a reflection on anybody's work that night. That's just. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Halloween's always like our biggest show. Yes, it was great. I loved it. A lot of people turned out. So what is burlesque? Uh, So if you ask any burlesque performer, chances are they're, you're going to get a different answer every single time. Mm-hmm. But long answer short, it is a performance art. Um, like historically, it uh, it's theater that was supposed to be satirical or parody of other like works of art. So... From my research, it's funny, like, when I'm looking at it, it pretty much turned out to be, like, SNL, but, like, Victorian <laughs> SNL. What SNL so, should be. Yeah, so, like, pretty much they would take famous operas or plays and they would just satirize it or, like, make a parody of it. So I'm literally, like, this is SNL Victorian style. <laughs> but then it turned into like the striptease element that we see today when they realized that, you know, when they made women like a bigger part of it and made it more like provocative, then the crowds got bigger and it became more, I guess, inviting. And so that's how it developed to what it is today. I love that. I wonder yeah. if that switch was like politically charged. I'm learning about oh, the, it is. I'm because... learning about the romantic era right now in my art history class, and it's all very politically. It charged. is because the most of it was they were making fun of the rich and mm-hmm. the uh, wealthy. I love that. And like making fun of how gaudy everything is. So that's why a lot of the costumes are still so extravagant. And mm-hmm. it's like making fun of how ridiculous it is. And I wish a lot of burlesque performers still like recognize that's where that history part of yeah. it's not just to be sparkly and pretty. It's like, we're making fun there of was like a statement. Right. It's a statement of like this like we're like against opulence. Right. And... We're ridiculous for mm-hmm. a reason. <laughs> I yeah. love that. So um what how would you describe modern day burlesque? Like just the different elements that can be involved. Yeah, so that's another whole part of it is that it's completely developed into um because so many elements of theater are brought in, now there's like neo burlesque where you can have very classical elements like the costume and choreography style, but like you can have trap music mm-hmm. as your as your track. Yes. So that would be like considered like neo burlesque. But then you can have, I don't know, like spooky horror burlesque, which you saw at yeah, Halloween. Saw some good stuff. Um, something that I really love is nerdlesque, where you have performers that like cosplay different characters like I was just in a nerdless show in July and that was so fun who were you cosplaying I was tuxedo mask (gasps) from sailor moon yes oh my god that show caused my sexual awakening maybe we should check that out on your instagram yeah it was (laughs) like the energy is ridiculous and it was so fun and what people come up with I mean sure like half the characters I don't know but 
just the energy from the crowd is I love so spaces. Fun. I love nerd spaces. I just like to be well, in places where people are happy. Yes, because there is no judgment. It's just like we are here to nerd out and mm-hmm. have I fun. personally love comedy burlesque. I That's fun. Um anything with um our good friend Angie. Yes. And um her friend, who was her friend that she Sam. Sam. Angie and Sam locals. Yeah, they're um, the comedy queens. They are they kill it every time. They're hilarious. It's just there's you go through so many different emotions at a burlesque show and what I love about it is it's you're doing it together with your community. I mm-hmm. love any time the community comes together for any kind of celebration of art, I guess. Um, so how did you get started in burlesque? Um, so I'm actually classically trained. So I trained in ballet for like 15 plus years. Wow. That's a commitment. What age did you start? Three. Wow. But like when you start out at three, it's not really ballet. You like clap and like skip around. So I did ballet when I was three. My parents were very disappointed with the outcome. (laughs) Come on, you were three. I quit early. (laughs) But uh, I danced, and then I went to professional um, company for like two years. Wow. And then I got injured, which kind of like made me like rethink like my path, like in the professional realm of dance. And then, so then I like took a break and then um, my cousin, Saffron Soleil, who's based out of Richmond, Mm -hmm. she had been doing burlesque for like, I don't know, uh, like a couple years at this point. And like, I already kind of knew what burlesque was. And so like, I'd always been interested in it. And um, so about three, what year is it? So like four years ago, I had asked to be in the local Halloween show and they gave me a chance and I just got to give it a shot and throw that. my hat in the ring and here we are. And it just grew and grew and grew. Yes. How long and have you like been performing burlesque? Um, this October will be four years. Oh, wow. Yes. And you've grown so much in that time. You've yeah. had the opportunity to pass your knowledge on to other people. Mm-hmm. And I do love the little itty bitty burlesque community we have here. I do too. And I'm trying to make it grow. Yes. We want it to grow. We've yes. been talking about a couple times on this podcast about how much communities thrive with the decent music scene, performer scene, and how we're in a really... N- neat city i guess like mm-hmm. it has so much potential it does yes to grow as far as the arts yeah and we've got the community we just gotta gotta keep going mm-hmm. um so what's one of your most meaningful moments in burlesque um, that you've had so far i have a couple so one was this summer i went to Atlanta I got to perform in an all-Asian show wow and I it was definitely emotional Mm -hmm. I I cried and I knew I was gonna cry because um I'd never been in a space especially like a performance space where everybody was Asian like even in a in when I was in the ballet world like I'd never been in a space where everybody looked like me had shared experiences like me so it was very it was very meaningful that's beautiful it was 
How many? Amazing. You know how many people came to that event? Um, I know that VIP and um, reserve seating were sold out. So I know wow. that they were selling standing room only. That's exciting. Um, I it was can't imagine such a, such a how for you. yeah how fulfilling that felt for you. It was it was incredible. I hope you get some good networking and I hope you made lots of friends. There. I did. I did. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I that's one thing I love about burlesque is it's so diverse. Not just in the kind of act you can be doing, but who is performing in front of you. And like there is no such thing as a burlesque body. Jess, mm-hmm. I hate to interrupt you, but I'm about to cough into this mic. Can I have a sip of your water? <laughs> I'm about to. <laughs> Destroy this yes, microphone. Please don't do that. I'm not. Pay- are you paying Taya for a new microphone? <laughs> Quick water break. That is so sweet. Do you have any other memories that really stick out to you? Yeah. So the other one was also this summer. I went to Philly and I got to do this really really cool show called um, uh, "Get You a Babe That Does Both" or "Do Both." Mm-hmm. Um, so the first half of the show, all the performers do like a TED Talk style presentation Whoa. that is so funny and then the second half all the performers do their burlesque that is actually really cool i love that it concept. was it's one of the coolest shows i've ever been a part of and um so i've recently been trying to like reconnect with like my filipino culture and like my I- filipino identity and so this summer i did like a bunch of like research um on my Filipino culture. So I did a presentation on that on my first half and then I got to perform, but yeah, it was really cool. That's so exciting. I, I wonder how so they came up with that concept. I love I don't that. know, but they're like, that's an original concept by them yeah. and they travel with it. So I know that they're going somewhere out West next month, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to hopefully get them to come down here. Cause I think that'd be fun. Please do. I would love there, to go to that. The producer, it's funny. She told me that, like, there are people that have come up to her and, like, said that they bought tickets just to see the TED Talk portion and they just leave after the first half. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, that's all I came for. Bye-bye. And then just like, sure, whatever. You already paid for the tickets, so. And I think that's really <laughs> interesting because that's actually something I've been thinking about this. And I think me and Deanna were talking about it the other day, but I feel like... And not that burlesque is necessarily sex work, but it is kind of um, it is kind of provocative and like out there yeah. where it can be. What I find interesting, at least in my experience, because I also dabble in sex work on the side, is like I feel like if you're a sex worker or a stripper or you do burlesque or anything that deviates from the norm in that way, especially if you're a woman, I feel like you can only be that. Like you yeah. can only be like a sexual object of desire yeah. in other people's eyes. But it's like, no, you can like do sex work and be like sexually liberated, oh, like yeah. dance sexy on stage, but also be like intelligent and have a career oh, yeah. and have an education. Um, and so that's something I've been kind of grappling with. So I love that concept of having like a TED talk and like kind of getting, not that burlesque is dehumanizing, but having right. like that element of it. I... No, it's really cool. And especially from the producer, because, you know, we all use stage names mm-hmm. and, um, but the producer, when she does her TED Talk portion, she completely drops her stage name. She has a doctorate, and she goes up there and wow. she says, "I'm Doctor and 
I'm here to present this. And I'm like, you go up there and tell them I'm doctor because you earned that title. And I'm like, that's right. Yes, ma'am. And I love that because it's like, yeah, I can be a doctor and I can also shake my ass on stage. Yeah, exactly. This is an opportunity moment to educate. Exactly. And I love that she's like, I'm going to, you know, because a lot of, you know, we... A lot of us use the stage name to, you know, protect ourselves, protect our, you know, muggle identity and um, stuff like that. But she completely drops that and becomes like completely vulnerable. She like puts it out there and it's like, this is who I am. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I love that. that. I also find it kind of sad that like people that, you know, do burlesque or they're strippers or they do sex work, like they have to like hide it. Oh yeah. Like, cause it can impact like your career or Mm -hmm. your school. And it's like, Hey, (laughs) I can be both. Like, no, I can I still be a professional and do that. So that's another interesting thing I've been thinking about. Yeah. 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 That's one thing I hope we as a society come a lot like, further with is, like, you're I'm not so an employee all the time. Yeah. I also have a life, and I also have a sexuality, and I also have passions. Right. And that doesn't, that's not going to impact the work that I do or the type of education that I can get. Right. Yes. Exactly. Uh, um, so... What is the most challenging aspect of burlesque in your eyes? Or what have you struggled with? Um, I think it's the fact that um, even though burlesque is, you know, this great community that, you know, you even you as audience members recognize that it's mm-hmm. inclus- inclusive and all this stuff, there are still, there's still work to be done. Of course. And there's still problems within the community. So it's still frustrating because there's still, I mean, even the, I mean, even in the outside world, like there's still isms, you know, racism, Mm -hmm. sexism, and that still exists in the burlesque world, unfortunately. So we still have to, you know, break down a lot of barriers with that. And it's kind of frustrating. And this performance space where we're supposed to be, you know, super inclusive and then we run into these problems and we're like, this isn't the space for that. So I think that's really disheartening and the biggest challenge that I run into. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great that you yourself are working so hard to create a healthy environment within, I guess, a healthy morale within burlesque Mm -hmm. locally, because, I mean, the more you grow, the more that message grows. Yeah. The more people fan off into other parts of the country or even the world, and they get to spread their... Ethics within burlesque mm-hmm. could, be, could be a class. Ethical burlesque. Yeah. No, there are there actually are classes for that. Um, I actually took a class a couple months ago um, from a performer out in California. It was called "Don't Get Canceled," and it was about like um, like cultural appropriation mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. creating um, like act development and how we can appropriately create art without. Um, you know, oppressing others or like harm, harming others, whether it's yeah. performers in the space or even audience members. So. I love how showy the title of that class is. Because, oh, I know. Yeah. Like don't get canceled. You know, there's like some burlesque dancer, a handful of them out there that are like, you know, I'm not what they would call socially aware. And I don't think I want to get canceled. Yeah. And that's the thing. The teacher, the presenter kept being like, I know everybody in this space, like, I don't think any of us mean to be any, do any harm, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's not malicious. It's ignorance. Right. And, and it's like, generally. I think everyone here in this space genuinely just wants, you know, a check on themselves 
if, yeah. you know, if we're doing everything right and to, you know, just educate themselves. And I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that. And that's always a good opportunity. Oh yeah. Of course. And, and I was, and I thought it was great. She also said, um, you know, if, if you see, if you notice anything wrong that I'm doing, absolutely call me out too. Wow. Yeah. That's how we learn. Absolutely. I think, I think that's really important that we be open about that and we be willing to have those conversations. Oh, yeah. 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 I had, I think like ethics classes like that are, can only benefit every area. I would die to assist somebody or just like watch somebody else create an ethics and nursing mm. course. I would <laughs> love to see something like that. Mm, and if I only they took it seriously. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the thing. It'd be it'd be a lot right. of unlearning. This is this is an I eight hour seminar. Seminar. So. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, so um. Okay, to interrupt you, you again, I'm gonna need, need another the, water you need break. The water break. I'm so why sorry, you, guys. Why don't you just hold that, babe? <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> My uvula is tickled. So you um. Recently, did quite a bit of travel traveling, from what I see. Yeah, you. Um, this isn't something you just do at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got your own business. You are a business. And yeah, you travel. So, what's yeah. that like for you? Um, it's it's a lot. So, I think a lot of people also don't realize that being burlesque performer is also a business. Mm-hmm. You're like, if you want to do this, like more than a hobby, which is fine. There are hobbyist performers out there. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to go beyond that, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. You are your own social media manager. You're your own seamstress. You're your own makeup artist, hairdresser, like accountant. Yeah. That's like like all of it. It is. It's a lot of work. So, um, that is the, I think that's the biggest difference between working for a business and having a business that people miss out on is promotion and engagement yes. with your community. That is, that takes a lot of work. So on top of like managing your flight schedule and mm-hmm. communications with venues and other yep. people, it's, it's about maintaining your brand as well. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, I think a lot which I'm seeing a lot more of now with workshops from other burlesque performers is that they're teaching now that like you have to have like a brand Mm -hmm. as a performer. That's how you market yourself and Mm -hmm. that's how you get your name out there and be recognized. And do you, um, do you work like, so are you like only a burlesque performer or do you have like a nine to five job to supplement that? So I used to have a muggle job. Performers. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Burlesque performers call like, civilian life muggle (laughs) like muggle life or whatever but um i quit that in may that's big that's huge it was it was hard it was scary congrats yeah yeah congratulations yes it's been hard (laughs) and that's where i did a lot of traveling and um it's it's been nice to like focus on it a lot um but the hustle has also been tiring mm-hmm. yeah so like I said if you want to go beyond it do it beyond a hobby you gotta know what you're getting yeah, into it's, like it's, a lot, it's <laughs> completely self-discipline yes I mean, do you think there's any like risk of burnout with 
pursuing burlesque full-time like as your career like does that make sense yeah like kind of I think losing so your passion I think any creative any I, creative job anything that you love that you make your job you risk that absolutely yeah. actually I was talking to one of my best friends the other day on the phone um who's a burlesque performer Mecca Moi based out of North Carolina mm-hmm. um she is full-time performing right now too I think but she said that like for the last like couple months she's just been sewing nonstop. And she's like, that's why I haven't been posting a lot on social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's my problem. I haven't been doing any costume work like the because last couple months posting. because I've been doing yeah. a lot of admin work. I've been doing a lot of admin work, like reaching out to like producers and like emailing people back and forth and posting and mm-hmm. like, um, like, like, uh, I try and, uh, schedule out posts as far as possible and like, that's a very all that, delicate cycle. All that yeah. stuff. But yeah, she and I were talking about like, that's the issue is that when you're doing this by yourself, you either do one or the other. I know that there are some performers, they're lucky enough to where they can hire like an assistant mm-hmm. that can manage their emails or like mm-hmm. help manage their social media like profiles. But I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot. It yeah. is. Shout out to you for doing all the things. Of course. <laughs> Killing that's, it. That's possible vibes right there. <laughs> um, so where do you see burlesque being, or like, where would you like to see burlesque be like 10 years from now? Um, I would like to see it more, um, I guess, like we were talking about, like more accepted, more mm-hmm. um, awareness, because um, I mean that's what I'm trying to work on as far as in our local area. Mm-hmm. Because even when I just walk into a business and I'm like, "Hey, can I hang my poster here?" and they just see the word burlesque, they're, they they kind of like inch mm-hmm. back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there's this older generation that has this idea of what it is and they don't exactly know what it is. So I'm, there's this element. It's a a sex thing. It's not an art form. Right. Mm. Well, I'm going to go back to this little history tidbit back, you know, like with the carnivals and the sideshows, they did have burlesque as part of it that would travel with them. And they would try and lure the men away from their families. Oh, scandalous. So then they would take them into the burlesque tent or whatever. So then the next thing they would do is lure the money away from the men. So then that, I think that's where this like bad idea of burlesque comes from is that Men were leaving their families to go spend yeah. all their money on Right, duties. so then the men would come home with no money. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You might be walking into a mom-and-pop shop where, like, granny and grandpa are still running it, and that sparks an argument between <laughs> grandpa and grandpa. Right, and that's why I think there's – I mean, but that's the way it was run back then, and, yeah. like, that that's, that's just the way they made their money back yeah. then. But now because it's – more theatrical and there's like an orderly way we do it now (laughs) it's it's not like that and now I think there needs to be education on this this is an art form and we're not trying to swindle you out of your money so I'd (laughs) like to see more more acceptance yeah more acceptance more awareness I think actual um 
inclusivity more. Um, and I'd like to see a, a better standard of, of uh, I guess, like pay and recognition for yeah, cause artistry just like, for us. Yeah, because just like musicians and anywhere else that yeah. travels and books with venues, there's going to be predatory venues out there. Yeah, and... yeah. I mean, I just had a situation last year where, um, I mean, I'm not like shitting on drag performers because I like to say that burlesque performers are like, cousins of drag yeah i love going to like venues and different things where like you see get to see burlesque you get to see comedy you get to see drag performers you get yeah. to see a little bit of everybody yeah i love it but um i would like i had this experience last year where you know the drag performers were treated better than the burlesque performers yeah and we were kind of confused and we're like we put in just the same amount of effort and we're performing the same amount we're you know yeah we we spend just as much on makeup travel like our hair costumes so why are we not treated as yeah. the same mm -hmm. do you think and that we tried to down to like you know like it's, it's more accepted in that area it's, there's more awareness about it in that area i'm not sure I'm not sure. I think it it's a little bit of maybe politics that I don't know about or um, advocacy that mm -hmm. I, I didn't know about. And yeah, maybe about awareness of... I, I imagine know. it can be difficult to have so many different kind of performers together in one area, just like you all do such different things. Like... You know, I think there maybe there's like two sides to that community where, yeah. like we said before, there's acceptance and understanding, and then others where there's beef for no good reason. Right, and it was out of state too, so like yeah, yes, you're already I'm already like I don't really know. That's stressful. Yeah, that but it was kind of just confusing, and I was like, hmm, something's weird here. Yeah, yeah. and it's almost like the the only what comes to mind when I hear that is like. Maybe they feel like, you know, since we're doing drag, this is like a queer space. And maybe they feel like that's being violated. But it's like, we have the same struggle and the same goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're doing the same thing. There's yeah. so many queer people in burlesque. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. We have it's some like, we're, fruity we all, burlesque folks out yeah. here, dude. We fight so like, hard. Like, we're on your side, baby. Yeah, we fight so hard also in the burlesque world to have trans people recognized yes. in our spaces. And um, I actually just helped out my friend in Atlanta. They just had a an all um, like non-binary and trans show, like all the performers were. And I thought, That's awesome. I thought it was I so awesome. That. I thought it was so great. There's That's so many so... like cool niche burlesque shows. Uh, I know. Why am I not in this scene more? You just got, you just got to look. Yeah. So, speaking of a, a good, diverse, and fun show, you have an upcoming event yes. that we're very excited about. Can you yes. tell us about that? Yes. So, I have a show next month, November 17th, at Golden Cactus Brewing yes. in Roanoke, downtown Roanoke. And um, it's brews and burlesque, and it's the first one that we're doing. And I decided to make the theme comedy. Yes. To try and bring it back to the roots of what burlesque is, you know, back to its comedy roots. Because I think a lot of people don't realize, especially in this area, what 
diversity lies within burlesque. I think they just think it's just, you know, like the showgirl, like rhinestones and Mm -hmm. feathers. But no, it's so much more than that. So I'm excited for the lineup that we have. We're going to have comedians. We have a sideshow performer and all these different performers um, coming in from out of town that are just so different and it's going to be so fun. And we have a caricature artist that's coming in. Oh, I love those. And I think it's just gonna like gonna be a fun night. And for the locals, where's this event at? Golden Cactus downtown. We love Golden Cactus. Me too. And I'm so thankful that they're like letting us in their space. Yes, they're such a good part of the community. They they've, are. Yeah, between them, uh, Gatewood Rose. I know. Together, they've done so much. So many community events down there. I've spent a lot of money on local artists there. I know. I was. (laughs) I went down there for like one of their like makers events a couple weeks ago. I love the makers market. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I feel so safe when I go there. It was so fun. And I got to connect with like a couple of different artists there. And they were so inspiring and so uplifting. And they were like, we're so excited about your show. And it made me feel so welcomed and that's like it made it reminded me that's how community artists are supposed to support each other. Yes. And that's you know, you mentioned this earlier about how, you know, that's how we're we thrive in this area is we support each other. And I think yeah. Roanoke's really, really, really good for that. Yeah. And that's why I have a lot of really good um sponsors for the show is because I think I try to, you know, I keep it local and they recognize that them helping me is helping them too. So of course I love that. We've this whole podcast, we've been talking about sense of community in a different way with all of our guests, really, because that is the running theme out here. So the best way for people to help burlesque grow is to get involved with it in some way that's a great way go to the the show go to the the show the classes and maybe yeah maybe you want to do burlesque that's a good way to get involved actually doing burlesque what advice would you have for somebody who's interested in getting started with burlesque um yeah what you just said go to shows yeah um get especially to your local um shows so go Get to know your local performers. Um, If you can, stick around after the show and kind of chat with one or two of them. So you kind of, you know, kind of get your foot in. Just be like, hey, like, I love the show. You know, I'm kind of interested in starting. You never know. Like, I feel like that's such a terrifying thought. But, I mean, I don't imagine there's many burlesque performers that wouldn't want to do what they can to help grow their community. Yeah, can't, yeah. can't imagine them being like, no, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> you never, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And you never know, like, what, you know, what one thing you say is going to, you know, get your foot in. Mm-hmm. And that go also goes with the same on social media, like connect yeah. with them on social media. Like even if you just comment on like a burlesque performer's like video, like this is so great. Like how do I get started? Yes, engagement is always a good yeah. way to support. Like For it sure. helps them and like you could get a tip, like a direct tip from them. Mm-hmm. And um, if there are any workshops that they're offering like virtually or locally in person, definitely check those out. Um, I know there are a lot of performers offering online classes now, which is really cool. 
Um, and then, um, just do your research and just kind of like, kind of figure out what it is about burlesque that you like and yeah. make sure you're somewhere comfortable too. Yeah. 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 I think you guys do a really good job here locally, like, you know, making each other feel very comfortable. And, you know, when you have, um, we've had some really good guests from like North Carolina and other areas come through and they always seem like you know, behind the curtain, it looks like they're just engaging with everybody as if they're a local. And that's so important. Mm -hmm. Well, if you guys want to support Bebe and her upcoming events, her content, um, the upcoming event, uh, Bruise and Burlesque, please go check her out on Instagram. All her links are there. That's Bebe Demore, Bebe Demore, B-E-B-E-D-E-M-U-R-E. Call today. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here, Bebe. We had a great time. I think I learned a lot about the history of burlesque. I didn't realize it was so politically charged, but when you started talking about the time period, I was like, oh yeah, there's some, they were getting real anti-government then. Mm -hmm. I just loved everything about this conversation and I just loved hearing you talk. I mean, what you said was interesting, but you also just have an amazing voice. Oh, thank you. You have (laughs) such a good voice. (laughs) Maybe... Baby to more audiobooks coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is our last episode of this first little season. Um, Congrats, I'm, y'all. Thank you. I feel so special. I'm feeling... <laughs> yeah. We had, we had to, to end with a bang. We had to end with a bang. We aimed with a burlesque bang. Um, Clara has her car packed, and she will be leaving from here to go to her commune. <laughs> This is why you can't become friends with cool people because they'll do shit like move to a fucking commune (laughs) when you just quit your job and you're going to have more free time. And what am I supposed to do? Hey, you'll figure something out. I'll just come see you at the commune. (laughs) God, I will report back. I'll report back on Claire's commune living. Make some tofu with me. Um, But we will still have some occasional content on our Instagram page, Gay and Dumb Podcast. Um, thank you guys for listening to us. A very special thank you to Taya at FM Catalogs. If we get boring or weird, you guys can press the skip button. She has to sit there and listen to it and then upload the audio and make sure that we're doing what we need to do. So thank you, Taya, for all your hard work. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah. Clara. I remember the first time I met Taya, I was like, oh my God, you're just like such a beautiful person. Yes. You're very beautiful. We love you, Taya. She's beautiful and smart. Sucks that she's only already pregnant, you know. I could have gotten in there. I can't stand you. I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to not make that something I say, like, I'm going to get you pregnant because it just confuses people. And I don't know. I don't know. I love you. Just confuse people. Yeah, just like It's I like your chaotic energy. Thank you. Um, So that's that. Clara, you're going to go to the commune. How are you feeling? I'm leaving from here to go to Taco Bell because yeah. the last time I'm going to be able to eat junk food in a hot minute. And I'm also um, going to be completely sober while I'm gone. This is going to be my sobriety journey. Um, if you guys don't know me super well, I, I'd be, I be drinking. I'd be drinking a lot, especially red wine. I go through like a bottle a night. Mm-hmm. It's just like my bad habit. So I'm kind of using this as an opportunity to not do that. So wish me luck, guys. Good luck, Clara. I'll see you you in a few weeks when you come back and we go see Young Gravy and Baby No Money. And we'll figure out. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. We love you. Be good and get laid. Be safe. Thanks for choices. Bye.